On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, smash the like button. And uh, here we go today. Um, before we start, for any of your real estate needs, buying, renting, selling, investing, make sure to give me a ring. You can find my email as well. And check me out on Instagram at Rafi the Realtor. Very easy to get in contact with me. Without further ado, today we have Baruch Road. Okay, that's Baruch with a Chuch. Okay, and uh, Mr. Baruch is quite an interesting fellow. He has quite a lot of real estate, so we're going to get into that. You've done a lot of uh, trekking. You've walked around a lot. You walked like for what fifteen miles to his house. He said one time. Uh, my personal uh, record is um, what is little under seventy in a day. I once did a three and a half day uh, walk. That was 140 miles of walking out of 230 from Newark, New Jersey to Washington, D.C. That was my that was the capstone of my walking era. I also did a lot of biking when I was a kid, too. Had a lot of fun. I've lived with nice. every broken bone. I swear I lived. Nice. I like the reference. That's always a good song. So among the travel, the walking you have when i when i look on your facebook you have quite a list of accolades and accomplishments <laughs> research scientist at us department of agriculture usda mortgage sure. consultant in exa mortgage former postdoctoral research fellow at university of new hampshire former visiting researcher at usda former teaching excellence fellow at university of florida there's like a whole list former nsf graduate research fellow former honorary visiting scholar at james cook university yep uh, Australia. several other studied electrical and computer engineering former research assistant at University of Florida. There's, a, there's quite a lot here. So obviously, thank you for, for making it happen, dude. You crazy mother. You crazy motherfucker. So, uh, yeah, shout out to you. Obviously, he's behind the camera. He's uh, the one directing it. I'm not sure why he isn't wearing a shirt. It's a little weird, but... Uh, That's obviously for you. Yeah, it's what he does. It's what he does. He so, and I met because uh, we went to a Jewish summer camp for... Um, characters delinquents something like that we were people on the spectrum that. but not actually on the spectrum oh, i'm definitely on the spectrum it's <laughs> fair and okay. there are two different spectrums there's the autism spectrum and right. the adhd spectrum i'm on one he's on the other okay well we don't have it doesn't matter which is which we can just you know so you acquire how, how many doors would, do you have at this point in time um i have two different numbers to answer that question, uh, one is the total uh, ownership, one is the landlordship. Um, I am landlord 265. I say I own 38. That's because um, of my 65, a bunch of them. So I've got 42 units in Texas that are 40% mine, 60% my business partners. And then I have uh, 23 units my own. And so I add all that up, you get 38 by percentages. Okay, so 38 doors. Yeah. No. Landlord to 65, own 38. That's still a lot of doors. It's a whole yeah. lot of doors. Okay. So how did you go about acquiring the first ones? I bought my first one on uh, 0% interest credit cards. So you know those offers you get in the mail. Um, they will tell you, yeah, you can pay no interest for a year or 15 months or 18 months, depending on the card. Um, I bought my first house on those. It was a duplex that it had a fire in it. It was through Fannie Mae Home Path, a path for, which is a program for first-time home buyers to buy foreclosures. Um, nowadays, there aren't quite as many foreclosures. There will be in a year, well, in a couple years, particularly in four years from now. 
Um, but at the time, yeah, I bought a house that I had bought a duplex that had a fire in it, and I was the only one willing to live in a house that had a fire in it. That's wild. <laughs> and uh, I, I worked on one side, rented out the other, and then finished the side I was living in too. Yeah, I lived in it one, rented out the uh, the car apartment where I was living at the time. That that's, was my first house. <laughs> that's wild. Okay, so you really, really, you you were willing to live very simply to be able to get kind of get yeah. things moving. I. I, I, I I tell I frequently tell the people who ask me for advice in real estate that the best way to push put yourself forward financially is to decrease your standard of living. That's the, that's the no that's the no shortcuts way. Right. Yeah. No, that's it's super important because most people aren't going to do it. Correct. Most okay. people won't. I mean, we were just talking about uh, before before we turned the camera on about how I'm uh, currently living in Little Haiti. Uh, I live in a house that is awaiting a zoning hearing, um, but it was uh, hasn't been inhabited really for hasn't been inhabited not just really hasn't been inhabited legally for ten years. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> nobody's lived in it. Was it like boarded up or it was indeed? No, it is still boarded up. <laughs> <laughs> it is still actively boarded up. You're Thank still, you very much. Wait, wait, you're living in it and it's boarded up. Yeah, yeah, it's got boards <laughs> on most of the windows and some of the broken. Yeah, that's great. I can't fix it yet because I'm still I'm waiting for my zoning hearing and therefore for my permit to get approved. Everyone obviously knows, and I'm someone obviously knows is like so quirky in their own way, dude. No one's like a streamlined dude. No. Everyone, I think all of Avzi's friends, including me, are the type where like you could have a toilet and then you'll purposely go just do it on like on a tree because it's more fun. Uh, I I will use my fair share of toilets, but I've definitely. I don't even know him, but I feel like you're the same way. Because we're all friends with him. That's what. That's I mean, yeah. 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 I, I'm not even blaming him. I'm saying we, you know, like attracts like. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 summer camp we went to. Uh, one of the things that happened there was. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we didn't get along with the authorities at the camp because, of course, not. Um, and um, there, we—I I heard there was a flood coming. I'll there, give me one second, but guys, just to let you know, the the sound, like it'll come through. So, like, I know it's annoying not to be able to talk. Of the uh, grass, and we managed to turn a small a section where one of the rabbis uh, kept their golf cart, pulled up a bunch of the grass, so that uh, and um, selectively blocked some of the uh, channels of water, so that <laughs> that particular section would fill up with water. And yeah, sure enough, when the rabbi went to go running to go grab his golf cart, he uh, slipped on the sections where we pulled up the grass, and got himself covered in mud. Damn. <laughs> that's funny. We we had fun. Yeah, that's that's great, dude. I wish I thought of that. The truth is, I liked most of my rabbis growing up. I had I had good rabbis. I'm lucky. A lot of people didn't. I got expelled from four yeshivas. Really interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, you got expelled from twelve. So it's um, <laughs> yeah. He ooh. beats me on that. He beats everybody on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, is it actually twelve? Like nine. Nine. So I just threw a number out, and it was actually close to the number <laughs> I threw out. <laughs> I had a feeling it was, it was, you can count it on two hands. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so what do you primarily look for when buying real estate? What, what are your primary investments? My stuff is mostly the stuff that other people won't touch. Um, I'm currently living in, you know, one that had 10 years of code violations, a dossier, you know, massive that's, uh, you know, just just with codes, violations of various kinds that I'm like working my way through and working with the county to solve and fix and deal with. Um, but like my first my first true multifamily, my first more than four unit um, was in Daytona Beach. It was a nine unit uh, block from the beach. 
And um, I got that because um, a person I know who does Airbnbs, she's like really good at Airbnb. She's really good at like the design and making places nice and Airbnbing them and making you know, them like hotels, like boutique hotels. She was going to do that with this property. Uh, it's a nine unit, a block from the beach in Daytona in, you know, on International Speedway Boulevard, half a block from A1A. Um, and she gets under contract on, uh, uh, on it and does an inspection and the inspector goes and looks through it and, you know, she gets contractor bids and they, they quoted her like $160,000. Um, and there was a bunch of stuff that even they didn't find. Um, but she was like, this is not my wheelhouse. Let me find somebody whose wheelhouse it is. And mm -hmm. she, you know, knew me and she was like, you've done stuff in North Florida. Cause I did my PhD at the university of Florida in Gainesville, uh, which is less than two hours at my speed of driving. I have done it in just under an hour, but it's a hundred miles <laughs> from, from Gainesville, um, officially two hours from Gainesville, um, and four hours from here. Um, so she reached out to me. She's like this, you know, can I, can I wholesale this to you? And I'm like, sure. So she got like 10 grand. Um, and I bought it. Um, I wound up finding and fixing 27 plumbing leaks in that building. I renovated all the apartments. I worked on it. I had, and I had my tenants live and you know, I had ten people living there while I was working on it. And I, you know, I tried my best not to displace anybody. And I, I didn't, um, but it turned out that the building was like, the building was really too far gone even. Okay, if, the, if it had been legal to properly renovate that building, that building would have been properly gutted and renovated. The problem mm. is that that was a nine unit apartment building that was originally built in 1920 as a single family house and chopped wow. into nine apartments. The chopping was legal. How big of a house is this? This must be a big house. It was a big house with two porches that eat like one. They, they it's built kind of the a porch. colonial old style. It's colonial old style two story house. Wait, this is the same Airbnb that obviously sniffed glue in one of the units. Uh, I don't think you ever went. To, I don't think you ever went to Daytona with me. No. But that was the glue sniffing there. story, right? That must have been somewhere else. <laughs> obviously sniffed. I mean. Have you ever have you ever done plumbing? Have you ever done your own PVC plumbing? I haven't. The, this the glue, the glue sniffing is a joke, guys. I'm joking. Uh, I mean, if you've as ever, far as I know, if you've ever had to do um, work with PVC pipe, the purple primer that they use, uh, if you're working in an enclosed space, you absolutely will get high on it. Ooh, exciting! I mean, or you will you will feel lightheaded. Whether whether I should call it high, I kind of call it high. Yeah, right. yeah. No, being high on purple stuff—that's absolutely a thing. Right. Um, and that's by accident. That's not deliberately right. getting high on it. Knowing obviously I wouldn't put it past him. To get <laughs> He's like, why am I getting stuff? this smoke? He's like, I, I came here with good intentions. I put a podcast together. Everybody's ripping me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, this was a two-story house that had a porch. And then they enclosed the porch. And had another porch. And they enclosed that porch. And so you have... Porch on one side, porch on the other side. And then they chopped it basically into, they chopped the downstairs into four units and chopped the upstairs into five units. Mm -hmm. And that was like 50 years ago, 60, 80, 70 years ago. This was a crack house in the 1980s. Um, there was kind of a Wild. theme in the places that I own. I, I tend to own a lot of former crack houses. <laughs> um <laughs> And I tend to turn crack houses, like places that nobody self-respecting would ever live in. Right. 
and I will live in them in that transition, and I turn them into places where, you know, people will inhabit. But my question they, also is the neighborhood itself, meaning how are you making sense of the profit? Are there, are there say you buy a house in, I don't know, Bumblefuck Nowhere, Cracktown, for, I don't know, 100K, mm-hmm. right? You, I don't know, you put 40K into it. Mm-hmm. Is there a solid market? I mean, it's still a very low-cost flip. Or do you see development going on right around the neighborhood or you just buy it in a totally crap? I'm I'm not a flipper. I'm a long-term landlord. Okay, so you want to own it. Okay. You want to hold on to it and rent it. Yeah, because like the problem with, like one of the problems that flipping runs into is because it's such a high-risk business, the interest rates are insane. The terms are insane. You're paying Mm. hard money rates. They don't make sense. They didn't make sense when money was easy. They really don't make sense now. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they didn't make, I mean, they make sense for some people, but it's a high risk business. You know, the number of like flippers who are having to eat losses on certain things, especially now, you know, as the market turns, look, a rising tide lifts all boats and makes a lot of people look like geniuses, but that's, and that's part of what fed the, the expansion in the number of realtors. What is it like two, two realtors for every active listing? It's crazy. No, but now, so that's, that's another thing we can oh, get that, into now it's even more so now that's it's like that four that's such a good listing. conversation i like having because when we were in the covid market everyone and their mother was Everybody a realtor became a realtor and mm-hmm. people were doing pretty well you know the, i was i had a nice yeah. amount of deals myself yeah and then everything shifted it went from a heavy seller's market to a heavier buyer's market mm-hmm. and everyone's dropping all these realtors are dropping because they realize wait a minute as soon as i put a listing on market it takes months to sell not always, yeah. but now you it's it's in the work. now now it, you actually have to sell the property. You have to sell the property beforehand. You, you sell it, sell exactly. And it's people that came into the business during that time. Me being one of them, I knew though I had enough intelligence. Being for, like. I just had enough of an understanding that like that's it just doesn't work that way. There are there, are, you know, up and downward markets. Things don't just stay the same, mm-hmm. and you have to be aware of that. You know. And if, you know, anybody with a decent understanding of what interest rates mean, you know? Right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, the Fed doesn't have a great understanding of what interest rates mean. They, they, they didn't seem to comprehend that if you that uh, when you raise interest rates, you cause the mark-to-market value, the like mark-to-market price of a bond, including a treasury bond, to decrease which is what caused the bankruptcies of several major banks, mm-hmm. all of which were being audited by my friends, uh, by a company that one of my best friends is an internal auditor at, KPMG, the uh, auditor of Silicon Valley Bank, First Republic Bank, and Signature, or so she told me. I need to actually verify that before I start. Are they all bankrupt now? Um, well, they all got, well, they, they went under and got purchased at heavy discount by. All their equity holders took losses. Wow. Or some, some, however you call them failed, they're failed. They had to, the FDIC had to get involved. What, what the technical definition of a failed bank is, I, I don't pretend to know. But I think most people would call uh, First Republic Bank, Signature Bank, and uh, Silicon Valley Bank as having failed. That's wild. By the way, I have a deal you might like, speaking of deals. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll let you know about it afterward. Okay. Um, now, what do you think, and we'll, we'll kind of stick to this briefly. What do you, what do you think... What do you think is going to happen in the next year or two with the economy? Um, Where do you think we're headed? So we are at a few inflection points. Um, so one of the one of one one of the 
point the one one of the like things to watch is like how you have inflation and you have interest rates and it depends on what you mean by like what part of the economy so like right now in in the immediate future you're looking at an environment where interest rates have risen Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a delayed blowback to that, a, a, a del- delayed set of results to it because we came from such an overheated market uh, in terms of unemployment that the reason the housing market hasn't fallen is because people are in 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, which is a uniquely American phenomenon. Um, in the UK, people were on adjustable-rate mortgages, which is part of why, well, Brexit being a bigger issue there but um, but like people's mortgages rose and are more of them are rising because they were on adjustable rate mortgages american single-family houses are on are fixed for 30 years and so Mm -hmm. so long as people stay in their houses they keep the rate they keep their rate they keep their uh their mortgage payment (laughs) so long as they keep their job with low unemployment if everybody keeps their jobs yeah, people are just going to hold on to their houses because they're not going to be able to get the prices they had been able to get. And that's why, you know, the, what, what, what suffered, suffered was transaction volume. And so, you know, because you would, it's not worth a buyer buying. You know, you, you look at um, the kind of deals that made sense in California you know, in, in California, you'll you'll see uh, in in NorCal or SoCal, um, either in the Bay Area or in the LA area, um, you'll see a nine hundred thousand dollar house uh, that rents for about three thousand dollars a month. Now, you think about what a mortgage payment on that at three percent looks like. You know, 900, what do you think that would run you? What do you think that would cost? Uh, a nine hundred thousand dollar house at a at a three percent rate. You're talking about so a nine hundred thousand dollar house at a six percent rate would be <laughs> uh, forty five hundred a month in mm-hmm. principal in interest alone. At a at a three percent rate, you're talking half of that, so twenty two fifty a month. You're talking about an overall mortgage payment of about three thousand dollars a month. Gee, on and a then 3% with rate. yeah, and then with taxes and taxes, rate. insurance, maintenance, well, you're not really you're, well. Yeah, yeah. Like after taxes and insurance, after taxes and insurance. So like, principal alone on a nine hundred thousand dollar mortgage at three percent. Principal alone is twenty two fifty a month. Mm-hmm. Um, principal interest, like or like when, when you when you add in principal, when you add in taxes, insurance, you're just over three thousand a month. Those deals. Under, if you assume that, you know, so California, people in California real estate would say, yeah, you're doing it for the appreciation, which is to say you're being speculative. You're assuming that it's going to go up. So you don't care if it, you know, barely breaks even or even turns a small loss month over month, breaks even if it's rented every single month and you don't have any maintenance, Mm -hmm. Uh, turns a small loss if you account for vacancy and maintenance. But at what point Um, is it worth it? Because you may be taking that loss for for a few years. You might be taking that loss for a few years. And it's still speculative. And it's still speculative, but if California real estate prices continue to go the way they had been from 1970 until last year, then you know you you still make money like your parents and grandparents like the like the last guy and the guy before him and the guy before him and the guy before him it's true but when rates rise at you know 
in, at a 6% rate, instead of that mortgage being 2250 in interest, it becomes 4500 in interest at an 8% rate. <laughs> that's a very different story. You're talking story. about a $6,000 yeah, a month. That's a loss. Know, that's a monthly loss that does not. That's a monthly large loss that's that doesn't cancel out. Correct, yeah. And so places, like, so California and other places like it, you're thinking your Class A properties, thinking your Miami, thinking your New York City, your Class A, your condo. And you know here you have the addition of the issues that um, all the condo boards, uh, that so many condo boards have been facing after the Surfside disaster. Right. When it came very clear that a lot of these condo associations, these HOAs, uh, are being run by HOA management companies mm. that don't do it not just a good job, but do an actively bad job often of keeping reserves. Oh my God, um, so forget seeing, about it. You're seeing people having to pony up and you're seeing, you know, condos go on sale in advance of what they think are going to be, you know, assessments. And you're seeing a like lack of buyer beware on some of these and you're seeing some buyers getting screwed by it. Um, but, you know, we're starting th those people who have um, stable jobs and are keeping their jobs can afford some of this because at the end of the day, if you live in Silicon Valley and your monthly payment is $3,000 uh, a month on your $3,500 a month on your $900,000 house, if you stay there, stay put and keep working month after uh, month, after month, year after year for years on end, you will eventually pay off that house and it won't really affect you. But if the unemployment rate rises, you see people losing their jobs and then some months after that starting to see foreclosures happen well is it going to make a sense for a for a buyer to buy that house at nine hundred thousand dollars definitely not absolutely not you have to think about what makes sense at what interest rate mm -hmm. and yeah in california people will assume there's going to be some rebound so there's still going to be it's still going to be elevated over what i would ever want to pay but there are people who, you know, will refuse to uh, <laughs> live in a house in Little Haiti while working on it to buy a $140,000 house in Miami and make it make sense for them. Right. You know, uh, I, I very much want to live. I'm going to live in this house. Like, I, I like my house in Little Haiti. But yeah, anyway, right. going back to what I was talking about with California. Um, if unemployment rises, you'll start to see foreclosures. And that's when you'll start to see prices have issues, have some issues. But in the, uh, but contrasting against that, you have inflation and therefore wage rises. Because um, I will, ex I would expect that at some point there will be a rise in minimum wage. You know, wages have been rising, and as wages have risen. It allows room for rents to rise, and rents have risen. That's mm. another oh, part oh, of inflation. Oh, considerably. Yeah. So you have inflation. Oh, you have interest rate and rent. Remember that, as an investment, a price is a function of interest rate and rent, <clears throat> because at the end of the day, the price you're willing to pay. Like you have to look for what your cash on cash return is, mm. and what your you know month over month. Well, not not just cash on cash, but rate you know ratio of price to rent grant cardone was famous for the 10x rule um or the one percent rule which is the 12x rule 
um, whatever, whichever one you go by, depending on how speculative you are. Um, Grant Cardone made it so big because in an era where rates are that low, 10x makes sense. You don't have to wait for it to be 12x. Mm. Um, but anyway, so I talk about when unemployment rises. Well, when interest rates rise, suddenly a lot of these companies get squeezed. Because guess what? All those stock prices went way, way up during COVID. And stock prices went up, well, the, to, 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 to sum up, um, I think that we are in a nominal stagnation, like the economy in terms of number of dollars. Mm -hmm. I don't expect us to have a vast recession, but I expect us to stay about steady. Um, but that's because of inflation. That's because rent rises and wage increases and price increases on the other things get counteracted by the forces that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have a real recession, but a nominal, you know, small growth or about the same. Okay. Yeah. And we also and have volatility. a volatility. Right. That makes sense. And we, we have, we're still in a, in a, a city that has a lot of growth. So, yes. you know, I, I think it'll take longer for it to hit us. It has already, but um, yes. it's, we're in a good place for sure. It may never hit us in nominal terms. Mm -hmm. It has already hit us in real terms, but it might not ever in nominal. Okay. Well, I, I guess we'll find out, right? We'll find out. Alrighty. Well, Baruch, thank you for coming. Much, yeah. much appreciated. Again, thank you to Avzi for making it happen. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave your comments. Again, follow me at Rafi the Realtor for any of your real estate needs. And until next time, peace.